0: You're listening to 3CR's Renegade Economist with your host, Carl Fitzgerald, as we investigate the role of landlords, bankers and natural monopoly through the eyes of the commons. Our birthrights, our birthrights. Well, there we go, the start to 2017 with your host Carl Fitzgerald here on The Renegade Economist, ready to unleash for another big, big year as we take on the might of the most powerful people on the planet. Yes, those who earn money in their sleep through the legalised privilege of property. How can we have allowed the commodification of nearly everything on this planet that takes us through land, the resources above it, below it. We're now into deep sea mining. We're into privatizing uh, deep space. We've got the uh, battle over the privatization of our DNA, right through to the privatization of so many of the crown jewels, the, the public's uh, right to enjoy cheap water, cheap electricity, cheap gas. All those things have been hoodwinked by insiders using the the tricks of the trade according to neoclassical economics, which, uh, of course, many people know as neoliberal. And if you ask me, neoliberalism picks the eyes out of what the, uh, the forefathers of economics once taught everyone, and that was to have a free market unfettered from influence. Uh, and uh, laissez-faire, uh, free market without favour was uh, one of the trans- translations I've read. So, uh, yeah, there's plenty, of of course, to discuss uh, when it comes to the world of economics. And I must thank you listeners for your support as uh, this is my first Show back in the hot seat here in Smith Street, Collingwood. Back in the 3CR studios after six months, 70 stops, some 30,000 kilometres driving around Australia with uh, my young family, visiting all sorts of change agents as you heard over the last six months here on the Renegade. So, uh, thanks very much to. uh, Gab, uh, former program coordinator, and Michaela for putting up with some of the crazy situations I got into. It was one time uh, end of September, it was, I think it was my birthday actually, it was driving like a madman up uh, past the Daily Waters pub trying to upload the show from there onto Mataranka Springs. There was all sorts of uh, roadhouses we were stopping off at and at about 527 i got to upload the show thanks to uh, a friendly person's mobile phone and um yeah it was a crazy crazy day so uh, thanks so much uh, for those who contacted us while we are away Um, lots of k's lots of thinking time lots of uh, good people out there doing interesting things and when you see the state of the world and what's happening You just wonder how it can occur when there are just so many friendly people out there doing the right thing, trying to move us forward as a society. So today was my uh, first day back in the office. And yeah, yesterday I took a bit of a tour around the city. Kind of shocked about how loud and noisy it felt, uh... My first uh, inhalation of diesel fumes as a cyclist did not go down too well. But, uh, yeah, to, to have traveled the length and breadth of uh,
1: these wide brown lands
0: and to, um, to see how little population there is basically from Cairns through to Darwin and then all the way along WA, uh, we sidestepped Adelaide via the Barossa Valley and then just to see what a huge city Melbourne has become, some four and a half million people and uh, building. How are we going to look after everyone uh, and ensure that they can get to work quickly without too many hassles so that we can all do the things we need to do to pay that one big financial priority we all have each and every week? That, of course, is the goddamn rent. Why is the rent so damn high? I'm going to have a a friend over from uh, New York soon uh, staying with us for a month. So watch out for Jacob. Uh, It's going to be fun to hear his uh, interpretations of this uh, increasing commodification of the earth. And yesterday, as I was cycling around, I just hit the brakes quickly. I'd sort of been thinking about this giant cruiser I'd seen at Docklands, the, the Tortino Bikini, which was a huge cruiser, it must have some 30-odd uh, 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 rooms in it, and uh, you just imagine uh, the cost of running such a, a boat as that. And uh, came around the corner, and there was a gleaming silver Mercedes-Benz with The number plate of all number plates for we renegade economists. Guess what it was? L-A-N-D, land. So I had to take a photo of it and somehow managed to get the guy to wind down his window and had a bit of a chat to uh, this uh, professional land banker who uh, sounded like he did quite a bit of property development, but... uh, I, I joked with him uh, whether his apartments would survive the dog box tagline that so many of Melbourne's uh, tiny, poorly designed apartments met. And soon we got on to the fact that uh, uh, land rezoning delivers incredible windfalls for people like him. And you know how does he feel uh, having a property increase by some three or four hundred percent when it gets rezoned? Well, of course, uh, he, he kind of snarled on that, but then uh, shade me back by saying, well, it's all those councils' fault. Now we have uh, Daniel Andrews uh, putting this rate cap on so many councils, they're all broke. So that's the reason that so much land is going to be re- rezoned this year. There's going to be a rezoning bonanza, he told me. So uh, it was interesting to... Uh, tit to tat with him. He he was uh, up in arms about uh, all the money the government takes from him, but of course was reluctant to see that there was very little productive effort in him having the money to buy some land on the edge of the urban growth boundary here in Melbourne and sit on it for a few years, wait for a new train line, a new uh, uh, expansion of a freeway, something like that to make his land more valuable, and then he can sell it. So, uh, yeah, it was quite something to uh, bump into someone like that, basically on my first day out and about around Melbourne. But to have travelled through uh, and stayed on properties where there were 300,000, you know, it was a 300,000 hectare property at uh, uh, West Leichhardt Station. And the thing that uh, struck me as we sat there looking at the sunset near Mount Isa was that this uh, landowner there had maybe 15 staff. He had all sorts of people staying there as farm guests. And uh, what was running it was just 7,000 cattle. Got me thinking, each each cow in terms of meat uh, must be worth an absolute fortune to think that, uh, you know, he must be on 200,000 himself. And here he is uh, with, you know, barely arable land and somehow living the life of a of a king in a way, a very gentle, nice king, but still to think that you needed just 7,000 cattle on that massive land holding of 300,000 hectares to live a very comfortable life certainly got me thinking. We went from places like that to just signs of the commons being roped off, and we pulled into the Burke and Wills Roadhouse. I remembered there were signs everywhere saying, no BYO lunch, payers only. And this was the first thing we'd seen in about 500 kilometres. We had barely seen a car all morning. And uh, here we were basically told that you couldn't get out um, your own food and, and make your own sandwich. You had to buy from the market system probably the only nice place to really stop around there. So yeah, there was all these little tips of the trade of the, the fight for economic survival and how some have it easy and you know others who perhaps don't have such large land holdings but have to rely on people uh, buying through the retail system find it that much more difficult to survive. So we, we return back to uh, reading the financial review And there was a good one today. New South Wales planning reforms are just noise if change is not enforced, say developers. And there was a developer up there called Ostino Property Group who's spent nearly two years dealing with two separate councils to build 600 apartments. And uh, they're saying that with the council amalgamations, departments are passing the buck. There's a lot of red tape. It's hard to get ahead. The thing... uh, They trotted out, of course, was it's bureaucracy gone mad. The thing that really got me going was uh, the AFR quoted this guy saying uh, they were paying a bill of $1 million a week to hold the land, which is worth about $80 million. So I think one of the themes of this year on the Renegades is to build the pressure on the media to ensure they put the highest level of scrutiny on anything real estate industry says. So next time you hear a big statement like that, go to the land tax calculator because when they talk about holding the land, that's what they're talking about is having to pay a land tax. So via the state revenue office of any state in Australia, you can pretty well find a land tax calculator and I punched in the $80 million figure and they'll be paying $1.58 million per annum. Not per week, and if you added their borrowing costs at 6.25%, that's still only 440 odd k they'll be paying per annum. Not a million dollars a week. So uh, let's keep the media honest. You know it's difficult for them when they take some 60% of their income from real estate adverts, but uh, you know the pressure keeps building on the people. Now, we're going to slip over to another Sydney-centric story. Uh, This is Greens Upper House member David Shoebridge giving an interesting uh, speech last October about the role of the property lobby on the democratic forces of New South Wales.
2: Listen, as Premier Baird and his coalition government continue to trash local democracy, removing planning powers from residents, supersizing councils, prioritizing developer need over community need. Questions are rightly being asked about his agenda. Is this something that he fundamentally believes in or is he just a puppet on someone's string? And if so, who is the puppet master? Well, we thought we'd take a look at the Property Council's New South Wales Priorities for 2016. The Property Council, of course, is an industry lobbyist, also known as the shadow government of New South Wales, whose primary role is to advocate, for councils, not for the environment and certainly not for residents and, consum- and communities, but for big developers and the, and the property industry. They proudly state that their primary focus is agitating for policy outcomes that make New South Wales a better state to invest in the property industry and for the business interests of their members. So what are some of the major wins that the Property Council has proudly championed in their New South Wales priorities for 2016? Well, they look awfully like the entire government, the Baird government agenda. The first thing they say is they champion the results on amalgamations or 21st century councils as they say. They say for over a decade they have called on the Baird government to undertake reform to modernise local government by creating stronger, larger councils. What did they get? Well, They got the New South Wales government announced plans, just as the Property Council asked them to, to amalgamate councils and reduce councils from 109 to 87 in the regions and from 43 to 25 in Sydney. Property Council asks, Mike Baird delivers. They also wanted massive privatisation. They campaigned, in their own words, for New South Wales to undertake a long-term lease of residual energy assets. What did they get? Well, they champion it. What we got, they say. The New South Wales government is to lease 49 per cent of the electricity transmission network. They ask Baird delivers. They also wanted to centralise and have undemocratic planning. They wanted a Greater Sydney Commission, in their words. What we did, we pushed for the creation of an agency called the Greater Sydney Commission. What we got, they said. The Greater Sydney Commission was born and has commenced work in the first quarter of 2016. Property Council asks Mike Baird delivers, and they publish it proudly. They also said, what we did, we wanted reform of strata laws, also called pushing pensioners out of flats, and they said, we advocated for the reform of strata laws and the introduction of a fair and reasonable threshold for terminating strata schemes. What we got, strata laws have been amended to introduce a 75 per cent approval to terminate and renew a strata scheme. Who is the government here? doesn't look like it's Mike Baird, it looks like the puppet master is the property council. What they want, that's what they get. They also said they wanted more priority precincts. What we did, they said, we called for the identification of a rolling schedule of of priority precincts, formerly known as urban activation precincts, to help deliver the housing and employment New South Wales needs, and of course, the profits that that their members are desperately asking for. What we got, they celebrate. The government's A Plan for Growing Sydney includes a goal to deliver more housing supply alongside urban renewal by rolling out additional precincts around train stations in the inner west, northwest, southwest. New priority precincts announced include Glenfield, Carter Street, Lidcombe, Arncliffe, Banksia, Showground Station, and Ingleside. If you live in one of those communities, let's be clear: it wasn't delivered because it's in the interests of local residents. It was delivered because the because the property council asked for it, demanded it. And their little puppet on a string, Premier Baird, delivered it for them. And then if we go to Newcastle, it's, it's exactly the same story. We campaigned for transport reform in Newcastle, including utilising private sector experience and a regional governance structure to support a focus on door-to-door customer journeys through greater focus on interchange and multimodal integration. If you pull that gobbledygook apart, they said they wanted to shut the rail line, open up the rail line for development. What we got? The New South Wales government will establish Australia's first integrated multimodal public transport network operated by the private sector. They got the private sector taking over the transport, and they got the the, the, the shutting down of the rail corridor. I think it's absolutely disgusting. What they want, Mike Baird delivers. And if all of that isn't scary enough, wait till you hear the property council's uh, plans for the future. They want a major overhaul of the state's planning system, the enshrining of forced amalgamations, protecting the property sector from increased taxes, increased commercial office space in Sydney and delivering intensive development in the Illawarra and Newcastle rail corridor. This is the secret shadow government of New South Wales, printed on their own letterhead.
0: We have David Shoebridge, MLC, New South Wales Upper House uh, Greens, delivering it as we need to hear, as should be demanded when there's barely a home worth less than a million dollars within 50 kilometres of New South Wales. If you ask me, uh, you know, a couple of the low-hanging fruits that uh, government should be looking at is interest-only loans for investors have got to go. You know, there's been some move to uh, knock back foreign investors uh, by tripling their stamp duty here in Melbourne, and there's also the the vacancy tax as well that's uh, come through, which I dare say our speculative vacancy reporters had a lot to do with in terms of building that whole meme. Uh, but. Uh, uh the other thing that we just got to get onto this year are these 50-year mortgages. That's just ridiculous. 20 years more than what they have in America, and lo and behold, uh, American house prices are still in the 200, 300,000-dollar sort of range. But uh, here we are, six, seven, eight hundred million-dollar prices in Australia, and it's just off the Richter scale. When we visited Darwin, uh, the prices up there, the rents people were paying in pretty ordinary sort of suburbs were very similar to inner-city Melbourne-type rents. And it's just an absolute debacle. And, of course, uh, Darwin suffers from that because they don't have a counterweight to the big price increase item in terms of housing, and that is the land, the locational value of land. And that's why we on the Renegades say, look, uh, forget all of this uh, corporate tax havenry, uh, all the concern about that. Uh, There's always going to be loopholes. We should just switch taxes off people who actually produce things and place them on monopoly rents, whether that's land, whether that's domain names such as apple.com, facebook.com, there there are assets to these companies, that property rights that we can target legally uh, using the most efficient manner to undo the neoliberal agenda by uh, outdoing them with their own language. We can beat them on efficiency and I'm looking forward to uh, building up Uh, Yet again, another layer of your tax geekery this year as we look into the incredible cost of the tax system so that you can sit at a dinner table and run rings around these uh, bureaucracy gone mad type memes that the the far right keep pushing. Uh, There's barely any uh, public service left these days. We need the the commons to be protected by good public servants. And all we're seeing is this rush towards the commodification of land, the commodification of uh, our right to uh, a place on this planet. It's like an entry fee to life on earth is the rent we're paying every week. And uh, whether that's to uh, your landlord or to the bank, via your mortgage. uh, These overhead costs are just uh, hitting us so hard. So uh, in terms of that vacant land uh, meme, uh, fantastic to see that Launch Housing has pushed uh, uh, Vic Roads to open up many of their vacant sites uh, in my area in the uh, Footscray, Braybrook, Maidstone type uh, realm. Some of those properties are right near my house where they're going to Get $80,000 type apartments built with a five year guarantee of being there. There's a project, uh, a couple of projects around Australia that are very similar to that, that are sort of off the books. I've had some uh, backroom discussions with on my travels, so I'm looking forward to bringing you those as well. Uh, but uh, that's a good step forward in terms of utilizing the land that's out there. So, Vic Roads has done something. What about the big one, Vic Track? These are the guys who hold the big rail reserves, the rail corridors. Surely they can be convinced uh, to open up their lands for a five-year-type period with a one-year uh, notice for vacation and good things could happen. That, that's the sort of thing that we need to start seeing government being innovative and on the front foot. Interesting that uh, the philanthropic family who pushed this uh, big media last night, all sorts of people contacting me over what I thought about it. And uh, that by three o'clock today, finally, there was a government uh, JPEG on Twitter trying to brand that they were in on it as well. So uh, who knows when we're going to hear anyone serious in the Victorian Parliament talk about housing. God damn, Victorian Greens, what the hell are you doing? Really haven't heard anyone talk up about housing nor Martin Foley, the Minister for Housing. He's got to pull his finger out. Today there were homeless people being evicted throughout the city. Uh, Rumours were that it was a cleansing operation before the Australian Open in the next week or so. And, uh, you know, people are dying because of this stuff. It's the cause of the impacts of housing-related poverty upon family uh, formation and, and divorce rates on health rates, uh, on mental health, on so many levels, on uh, the cost of transport. It's just off the Richter scale that people aren't in the streets screaming about this pain for, you know, where we're paying huge mortgage interest amounts on something that was supposedly a gift to all living beings. That is the land. So uh, there's also been plenty of talk about political rorts and another big one. Let's have a listen to this.
1: Hello, I'm from Centrelink. Did you recently commit the crime of accessing Social Security? If so, you will have received a polite letter from us over the Christmas holidays indicating that you might need to pay us a shitload of money. You may also receive a visit from our friendly debt collectors. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Did you know that due to our recently introduced IDGAF algorithm, at least one in five people who received our letter didn't actually owe us any money at all? We knew this. We just thought it would be more fun to force you to prove yourself innocent. It's not like you bludgers have anything better to do, but we're here to reassure you, Centrelink's algorithm is not malfunctioning. It's doing just what we asked it to, sending out a clear message to poor people that this government fucking hates you. Above all, it's distracting you from the actual bludgers who really know how to Wrought taxpayers. That's why we're going after the most vulnerable people like single income mothers and people with disabilities rather than billionaires who stash their money in corporate tax havens or the top third of companies in Australia that pay no tax or ministers who blow public funds on private flights to their own weddings, parties and house buying sprees. If our efforts to ruin your life are causing you distress, call us on 13 24 68. And if you don't die of natural causes while waiting to speak to a real person, we'll gladly refer you to counselling. Just don't call your local MP or the media. Media. Centrelink, authorised by the Department of Inhumane Services and Taxpayer Awards.
0: It's yes, uh, Juice Media, of course. Juice Media, you've heard them rap well, and uh, now they've got actors uh, getting in on the multimedia story from a uh, different angle. So well done, Juice Media, there. Yeah, and you know, oh God. Was about March last year. I was on the receiving end of those letters, and uh, within about three weeks, Dunn and Bradstreet were on to us. And uh, we're still heads were spinning, going, Hang on a minute, we always overstate our income. You know, we'd be very careful to make sure we don't get caught with the family tax benefits. And lo and behold, there they were saying we owed them some five grand. Um, a couple of phone calls and a bit of paperwork I filled out and, of course, it was down to two grand, but still uh, they were adding on admin costs. It was uh, quite harrowing. And uh, we, we did uh, catch up on one thing that was outstanding in terms of tax paperwork. Uh, my wife filled out her tax return for the first time in a couple of years and all of a sudden, um, luckily, we got a nice little payout which um, helped us to uh, to take this travel around Australia, so uh, yeah, it's, I feel for those people who um, perhaps are not university educated and are getting these emails, these letters, and then uh, the the cold calls uh, that are that are scaring the heck out of people. So to think that an algorithm is driving this and Dun and Bradstreet, uh, the big Wall Street. Uh, Bahamut is uh, cashing in on this. Um, I've been uh, searching this afternoon, trying to find out what sort of commission fees they've got. Remember, uh, J.P. Morgan got a mere ten million dollars for supposedly consulting on the proposed sale of the New South Wales Land Titles Office. Well, if that's ten million for the sale of one thing. Goodness me, this must be worth uh, a couple of hundred million. And uh, when you consider that uh, the um, the cost of social security in Australia is around about $60 million for unemployed. I think it might even be less. So uh, it will be interesting to see how much these consulting fees uh, choke up, soak up uh, the, the incredible uh, costs of, uh, of Dun and & Bradstreet and the Wall Street crew. So uh, let's keep an eye on that story. If anyone wants to help investigate with us, get in touch at renegades at earthsharing.org.au. Now, next Monday, we have our first event for the year. Yes, we are into it. We're going to have a big year this year. Uh, There's the Introduction to Modern Monetary Theory, MMT, A lot of you would have heard Stephanie Kelton uh, talking about it. Well, we have our own Jesse Hermans giving an introductory course in MMT next Monday, the 16th and the 23rd, 6.30pm at our North Melbourne offices, 64 Harcourt Street. It's free, but uh, register office at prosper.org.au. Uh, it's almost uh, booked out, so fantastic to have. Jesse, who's uh, a young up-and-comer. You've heard him interviewed on the radio show a few times. Very, very knowledgeable young fellow, so great to have him helping. Uh, so we'll keep abreast of the fast-moving world of uh, monetary reform. Thanks very much for listening to The Renegade Economist. Get in touch via renegades at earthsharing.org.au Check the show notes on earthsharing.org.au in the next 24 hours and always uh, keep an eye on our Facebook and Twitter accounts at Earthsharing. My name is Carl Fitzgerald. Keep an eye on your wallets, keep an eye on the policy fraud. Let's change this economic system.